so we're transitioning between Christmas and New Year's, and New Year's is a time when many people take stock of their lives and they make adjustments, and they ask this question, what do I want to get out of the new year? And when we make resolutions or, or we decide on changes, it's because we believe that changes are beneficial, right? That's, that's the main reason that we would do a New Year's resolution, commit to one. And, and most people, what are most New Year's resolutions about? Okay, lose weight right after Christmas. Um, l- let me help you out. Most people, when they make a, a New Year's resolution, they are resolving to do something that they think is going to get them the most bang for their buck, right? Or uh, make them ha- the happiest or make them have a fuller, more enjoyable life. So for some people, it may be, I'm going to exercise more in 2020, or I'm going to eat healthier, or I'm going to travel more, or I'm going to save more money. And, and they, they say that these things are, are the things that are going to make me have a more enjoyable life. But I would say that if you want to live life to the fullest, if you want to have wisdom like you've never had before, if you want to have more joy than you've ever experienced previously, then I want you to give yourself this year to an unshakable commitment to the Word of God. Read the Word of God every day. Children, Children, all the junior church kids, junior church kids, everybody look up here real quick, junior church kids. The greatest thing that you can do this year is to read God's word and memorize it. If you're, if you're from five years old up to, uh, I'll just pick 18 years old, your mind, you're so good at memorizing. I have to write everything down nowadays. Uh, college students, same way. Memorize God's word, read God's word, soak your minds in God's word because scriptures are the word of God. They have effects on us that are better than any of the effects of anything else that we could do read or focus on. Uh, I would like for, to make sure everybody's in Psalm 19. We're going to cover Psalm 19 today if you haven't turned there in your Bibles. Now think with me for a moment. Everybody think. I want you to think this thing through. Scripture is written by the God who created the universe, right? This is the God who created beauty. He created entertainment, He created the beautiful starry night, the golden sunset, the magnificence of of natural wonders. He created not only beauty on a grand scale, he created beauty in the intricacies of such things as as flowers and and even the way uh, insects and ants and and, uh, small creatures do the things that they're doing, things that we can only see through a magnifying glass. This is the God who created entertainment. He made us to laugh to cry, to ponder, to love. This is the God who made work and the ability to gain financially from it. He made families and and relationships and the joy of holidays. And he's infinite, almighty, all-knowing, all-wise and sovereign. And so here's the question. If that is the person who created this universe, wouldn't you want to know him? And the answer is yes, you would. And he is also the God then who created his word. Every book, 
Every paragraph, every sentence, every word, every, to use King James language, jot and tittle. Um, there are so many things that we can learn about the world and about God, but what is most important? What is most important, what is most necessary, is that we learn about God through His Word. I want you to think about another thought. I was thinking about this uh, Friday night. Um, God, because He is infinite, how big could the Bible have been? Volume after volume after volume after volume, right? Infinites after... In, is that even a word, infinites? I don't think it is. But infinity after infinity, just coming up with volume after volume after volume, and He did not do that. Instead... He gave us a message in what we call 66 books of the Bible. And everything that God wanted you to know about Himself is written in these 66 books. So therefore, if you could do one thing that would give you more bang for your buck in 2020 than anything else, it would be to read God's Word every day. Every single day. Let me say it loud and clear. There's nothing that can benefit us like scriptures. They have effects on us that are better than anything else that you can read, watch, or listen. Newspapers, magazines, novels, textbooks, books on psychology, books on theology, self-help books, you name it. Um, none of these things, television, radio, internet, you pick it. Um, there's nothing that can have the good effects on us that scriptures have because all of these other things that I mentioned, all of these other things are the words of men. And only one book is the Word of God. And it's the one that benefits. God understands you better than anyone else. God knows how people get to be the way they are how they're affected by their surroundings. God understands society. He understands groups perfectly. He knows all the facts about how the world works. He understands physics, astrophysics. He understands chemistry. He understands biology. He even understands math because he created it, right? He understands the stock market. He could give you the greatest stock tips in the world, and yet he didn't. Did he? He has more understanding about human psychology than any, any one human being, any group of human beings. He, he knows more about the human body than Dr. Dan back there, okay, my go-to doctor. Um, he knows more about um, chemistry than Ted. I know that's hard to believe, chemistry and physics. He, God knows so much, and yet what we do is we focus on what's the hot stock tip? What's going on in the news? What are we gonna, where are we gonna invest our money? And you know what? God's attitude is more like, get to know me, and wherever you invest your money, you invest your money, but I will take care of you because I promise to. You see the difference? There's a massive difference in the way the world thinks as opposed to what God really wants us to know. God is wiser than any writer. He's care, more caring than any counselor. He's more creative than any poet or artist. It simply stands to reason that what God says, get this, everybody get this, what God says will be more useful to us than anything that anyone else in the universe has to say. 
And so um, I, I read a commentator this week who said this, to not sit at God's feet is sheer craziness. Now, as we get into Psalm 19, I have a question for you. Do you place the same value on God's word that, that God does? Do you place the same value on God's word that the psalmist does? Do you make it a point to read God's word every day? I have a good friend. I've told you this before. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget this. I was stunned when I actually heard him say this. This guy's a busy guy. Every day he finds time to work out, though. And he looked at me one time. I was sitting in the living room of his house. He said, you know, Jared, and I'm talking about reading God's Word. And he said, you know, Jared, he said, I really hate this. But he said, I'm just too busy to read the Bible like I should. And I looked him straight in the eye and said, no, you're not. You're not too busy. It's just not a priority with you. And that's the exact, that's the truth. The psalmist in Psalm 19 makes a six-fold repetition. Verse number 7, he talks about the law of the Lord and the testimony of the Lord. In verse number 8, he talks about the precepts of the Lord and the commandment of the Lord. Verse number 9, he talks about the fear of the Lord and the rules of the Lord. And what is he saying? He, what The common denominator in all these terms, and I'm not going to take time today to unpack these. I've, I can probably preach about five or six sermons on Psalm 19, and I'm not going to preach them all today, okay? I'm going to preach them, though, gradually as we unpack this um, over the years. But let me say this, the common denominator in all of these descriptions is the Lord. Yahweh is the Hebrew word. And Yahweh is, I am who I am, who talked to Moses in the burning bush. God knows all things that have ever been and ever will be. He's the Yahweh who understands perfectly how everything in the universe works, from galaxies to subatomic energy. This God has spoken with a law and with testimonies and precepts and commandments and ordinances, and he wants you to know it. And the psalmist goes on in this as he's describing it to, to bring at this point, and the point is that God's word is desirable. Verses 10 and 11 contain three statements of value. Basically, they're saying that God's word is immensely valuable. Verse number 10 says that God's word is to be more desired than gold, even much fine gold. Verse 11 says, in keeping them, there is great reward. And so listen, if you have the choice between the word of God and gold, Choose God. Young people, junior church, junior church kids, listen to me. If you have the choice between God's word and much fine gold, choose God's word. If you have a choice between God and gold, choose God every single time. What does, that, what does that mean for uh, your priorities as far as what you do on the day when the church gathers to worship? What does that do in your priorities when you have a chance to take a Bible study or read God's Word or whatever else? The, the point is plain. The benefits of knowing God and doing His Word are greater than everything that money can buy. So if you're tempted to check the stocks before reading the Bible, if you're tempted to check Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter or whatever else, remind yourself that this is not shrewd behavior. Tell yourself, I am not being wise when I, when I focus on something else before I focus on God's Word. That's literally what the psalmist is saying here. Adults, 
Have you ever tried have you ever tried to teach kids the value of money? How do kids value money? Now, not our junior church kids because they're way smarter than this. But you take a little child and you give them money and you got your quarters and you got your nickels and you got your dimes and your pennies. What are the kids always going to go for? They're going to go for the quarters and then they're going to go for the nickels. But what's more valuable than a nickel or a penny? The dime, but they never choose the dime because it's the smallest thing. And we look at the kid and say, no, 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 no. Don't take the penny, take the dime. And we just shake our heads saying, okay, when is this kid going to learn, right? They do learn, by the way. Uh, They learn it very well. But it's the same thing with the Lord, isn't it? With the Lord. There's no doubt that the angels in heaven are looking down upon Christians who do not read God's Word. Remember, we learned in 1 Peter that these are the very angels who searched the Scriptures in the Old Testament to try to understand everything they could about the Messiah, the coming Messiah. These very angels would be in heaven looking at believers, checking the stocks, reading the Wall Street Journal, shaking their heads saying, why are you taking that penny when you could have the dime? Right? That's how valuable God's Word is. That's how important it is. And so with that, as, as kind of an introduction, let's just real quick look at the benefits of Scripture from Psalm 19, and, and then we'll be done. And they're kind of grouped. If you look at them, they're grouped a little bit here, and we're going to group them together. What are the benefits of Scripture? Well, the first benefit is life. The first thing that David mentions is life because it's the basis of everything else. Look at verse number 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Life is either, um, the Christian life is either non-existent or it's in jeopardy and the law of the Lord brings it back. Do you want to have life this year? Do you want to have real life this year? Then focus on the Word of God. God's Word brings life like you cannot imagine. It's an indescribable life that comes to us. Jesus compared Scriptures to food, didn't He? He said, my food is to do the, God, the Father's will. He said that God's Word is more necessary than food. He called Himself What? The bread from heaven. He spent 40 days and nights communing with the Lord, I am sure rehearsing the word of the Lord, and didn't touch food when he was in the wilderness. That's how important God's word was to Jesus. Jesus uh, found that scriptures were very important. The word of God gives spiritual life that never ends. It's a life which is life indeed. You cannot maintain dynamic, powerful, vibrant life in God if you neglect the Word of God. Jesus was the most vibrant, dynamic, spiritual personality to ever walk the face of the earth. And God's Word and and prayer were so important to Him. Our life begins with the Word of God. We stay alive by the Word. Let's just think for just a minute. What does, um, what does the Bible say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by... Okay. Um, Jesus said, my words are life. And what we know is that when you come to salvation, when you first gain spiritual life, is it because uh, somebody gave you a really slick presentation? 
Is it because somebody was, was really smooth in the way that they, they really twisted your arm uh, rhetorically and you decided, hey, this guy, I can't argue my way out of this. I would say that most of you, when you got saved, it hit you like a ton of bricks and it was the Word of God. And the Word of God, when, when applied to your life, all of a sudden you said to yourself, I have got to get saved. And God's Word brought that life into your life. God's Word brought you spiritual life, and you were regenerated, and you've been growing ever since. And so our life begins with the Word, and we stay alive with the Word. And if we abandon the Word of God, we will die spiritually. And this dying is devious because the first symptom is, is denial that it's happening. That's the first symptom of... of um, of, of spiritual death, of spiritually becoming less healthy. Only the Word of God gives a life that matters in the end. Can you imagine with me? Th- think with me for just a minute. How ridiculous would this be if, on, if when you're on your deathbed and your family is, is gathered around you and you said, hey, can you hand me the Wall Street Journal? I need to check my stocks. Can, can you go get my savings account balance, please? It's ridiculous, isn't it? When you know saints that are on their deathbed, what are they looking for? They're looking for the rehearsing of Scripture, songs about Scripture, hope in the promises of God. God's Word is, is the one thing that revives our soul and, and keeps us alive. And God has made it the means of life. Let me say this. Without God's Word, we perish. There's a second benefit of Scripture. We find that also in verse number 7, and that is wisdom. He says, um, The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The second half of the verse 8 says the commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. So, so God's Word makes simple people wise. Now, now, when we think simple, we think mentally simple, don't we? That's not what he's talking about here. The, the psalmist, when he talks about the simple, he's talking about somebody who is not wise in the ways of God. The simple are always people who end up uh, trapped or in trouble because they're not wise um, in their dealings. And so anybody who ignores the Word of God is somebody who's simple. So I'm going to lay it out here. This is Scripture. This is not me. You ready? If you are not reading God's Word and growing in God's Word, then God's Word says you are simple. That hurts, doesn't it? Now this is not, don't walk out here saying Pastor Edgecombe said this because I didn't. Okay, that's what God's Word says. It says that God's Word enlightens the eyes. What does that mean? What does that mean when it says enlightening the eyes? A wise person is a person whose life makes sense in the light of reality. So, for example, let me give you reality. You ready? So, for example, self-denial will look foolish and laying up treasures on, on earth will look wise only if you're in dark about the reality of heaven. Does that make sense? 
and the danger of riches and the rewards of sacrifice. But if you live in the light of the reality of heaven and the reality of the danger of riches, the reality of the staggering rewards of sacrifice, then it makes complete sense to obey the command of the Lord and deny yourself for his sake. It is the path of wisdom. And so the world, those whose eyes are dark, those who have no spiritual life, will look at a Christian and say, why on earth do you give money to that church when you could invest it in the stock market? And you're looking at the lost person saying, why on earth are you putting money in the stock market when I'm investing in eternal rewards in heaven? And that is a difference that having God's word in your life makes because it makes you wise. And where is the light of reality shining? Where do we get out of the kingdom of darkness? We go to the word of God. All day long, the unreality is, is being preached to you by the secular voices of the land. That, man, if you don't vote this way politically, if you don't invest here, you do realize that this is a roaring 20s. That's a headline I saw. You know, d- danger and disaster is about to happen. Uh-oh, I better take my stocks and I better move, them into, is it, move it into bonds or what do you do with it? I don't know what you do with it. But, and, and get people all worked up. And, and the danger is that, that Russia and China, they're going to overtake us. And the danger is that um, the, the climate, the climate change is going to just burn up and we're going to all starve to death. And, and all these things are hitting us at once. And, and if your kid doesn't get this education, if they don't go to the top schools, and if they don't, if they don't get in this program or that program, everything's going to just fall apart. That is what the world teaches us. And we're being inundated by it day after day after day. And the only way to counteract that unreality is to go to the word word of God and see what God's voice has to say to us rather than the voice of the world. God is, I read this uh, uh, Friday night, listen to this, God is the essential reality. You like that? God is the essential reality. Everything disconnected from God is unreal in the way it is meant to function. Therefore, a world without God is mainly an unreal world. Dazzling darkness is what somebody said. Dazzling, dizzying, dead darkness. And how do you escape all this? You escape by going to the commandments of God because they enlighten your eyes. Isn't that great? Let me give you a third benefit. Last one. Joy. Anybody, your New Year's resolution to have just a miserable year? Okay, I didn't think so. The Word of God is the best source of deepest, lasting joy. And that comes from verse number 8. Look at verse number 8. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And this is the one I love because I have a sweet tooth. Verse number 10. At the end, sweeter than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. The word of God rejoices the heart and has an effect on our lives that compares to eating the most enjoyable thing that David could think of. And at that time, the most enjoyable thing that David could think of was eating sweet honey from a honeycomb. That's pretty good though, isn't it? It is. And that is God's word. God's word is that joy giving. 
So much more to say. The scriptures, scripture is God's law, God's testimony, God's precepts, God's commands, God's fear. It's a manual on worship and his judgments. It's perfect and comprehensive and sure and right and clear and clean and true. And it completely transforms the whole inner person. It makes the undiscerning skilled in all aspects of living. It produces an, an unassailable, you, know, you can't conquer, an unconquerable joy. It makes dark things light and endures forever. Every culture, every place, every age, every person finds it relevant and it produces comprehensive righteousness. Why would you not want to read that word? Ask yourself what the heart desires. If you, if you just talk to people out there, um, just in general, people would like uh, to be different. The, the unbelieving are not happy. They're dissatisfied with their inability to overcome their own weaknesses, their own infirmity, their sin, their guilt. Destroyed, shattered relationships are all around them. They live it in their lives. And we can offer them through the Word of God total transformation of the whole inner person. I think people would, be, um, would like to be wise, don't you think? I think there's not a person alive that says, hey, I just want to be um, a fool. I just want to be looked at as the village idiot. Nobody wants to be that way. I think they would, would want to be able to figure life out. And only the Word of God will make a person discerning and discriminating enough with enough discretion and wisdom to make choices in life that produce blessed rejoy, results. And so people want to be happy, I think. The Word of God promises an uncompromising joy. I think that people want to see light in the midst of darkness. They want clarity. And, and the Word of God promises that. And it's so wonderful that we have in our hands the Word of God that is relevant to our everyday life. You know, I, I hear pastors talk about wanting to be relevant. And relevant in their minds means I'm going to offer you some little life tips. You know, tips on how to have a better marriage. Tips on how to be a better employee. Tips on how to raise your kids. Can I tell you something? That if you preach the Word of God, it's relevant for all aspects of life. If you read God's Word, it's relevant for every aspect of your life. Only the Word of God can do that. How wonderful it is that we have the Bible. How wonderful to be totally righteous, delivered from condemnation and fear and guilt. And only the Bible can do that. And so if you commit yourself to reading and meditating on God's Word daily, listening to it in audiobooks, listening to sermons, and reading good books on the Bible, you will find yourself praying this prayer. And I often end Sunday mornings with this psalm. You've heard me do it right? Let the words of my mouth, Psalm 1914, and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I want to leave you with this as we close. In 2020, I encourage you to commit to the Word of God. As a pastor, I, I pray daily that God will transform our church. I pray daily 
that we will become more Christ-like as a group. I pray for individuals. I pray for the church as a whole. I pray that we will become more pleasing to God, that we will be a more joyful congregation, that we'll be a more holy congregation, that we'll be a more loving congregation as a whole. And the only way that these can happen is if you are in God's Word on your own and then you participate in corporate worship. And so that's my other prayer. I pray for our church. Lord, help Providence Bible Church to be in the Word of God. It has so many benefits. I would just say that you are foolish not to be in God's Word. 2020, make it the year of God's Word in your life. Lord, we thank you for your Word. Uh, We thank you for the benefits of your Word. We thank you that you, you reveal yourself through your word, what, what magnificent, awesome God of the universe you are. And you have changed so many people's lives by the word. I pray that you will implant a desire in each person's heart to read and study and, and uh, be in your word so that their lives can be changed from glory unto glory and to greater and greater Christ-likeness in His name. Amen.